This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Hi, it's Vanessa from the Fighting Stigma Show on Free FM. Are you a Waikato local? Do you have an idea for a radio show? Do you want to try your hand at being a content creator on Free FM? If so, check out our website on freefm.org.nz or find Free FM on Facebook and get in touch. Hello, kia ora koutou, and welcome along to the New Zealand Charity Podcast, the show that helps you to make better contributions to the charitable organisation you serve. I'm your host, Thomas Nabs, and today we're joined by the legendary David Galbraith. David, how are you doing? Hello, Thomas. Very well, thank you. Oh, I feel like I'm a little bit like I'm visiting Joe Rogan, so that's a, <laughs> that's a great start. <laughs> I've uh, heard you talk about Joe Rogan and you aspire to yeah. be on a podcast yeah, I still like haven't, I still haven't linked with him, but this is certainly inspiring me to think, man, that's what this would be like. <laughs> David, tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh, I guess I guess to start with, I, I I grew up in Hawke's Bay, but I've been in the Waikato for 20 years, so I feel like the Chiefs and the Waikato team are my home now. Families from obviously born and bred here. My wife's Tainui, so she's Mani Poto and Ronga Fakata from the East Coast, but she spends most of her, her time with the Mani Poto Fano, so I guess this is home for us. Mm-hmm. The children have been through primary school, um, intermediate, and the oldest has just finished at Hillcrest High, so we've sort of done the Barclay Hillcrest High link cool. or circuit, and we've been very, um, oh look, we've been, we've been wrapped to be part of the Hamilton District and the Waikato province for. Oh yeah, twenty years now. So it's certainly like it. it's certainly home, and we we love the place, we love the people, and you know you often hear around the country different views of the of our region, and, yes. and I think they really misunderstand who we are. They are missing out. <laughs> I like sure. them having those views because it keeps yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It keeps the secret in house. Yeah. Hey, so tell us a little bit about your professional background. Uh, you've done twenty years working in Oranga Tamariki and the youth justice yep. uh, system, as I understand, from yep. from a psycholo- psychology profession. Um, yep, I've just retired actually, but I was a registered clinical psychologist for twenty years. Started off in Auckland uh, working with high-risk offenders in, in the Mount Eden, Mount Eden region or area and was doing that with some people that people may know, so Nigel Ladder, Ian Lambie, a couple of big names in clinical psychology and forensic psychology. Um, so that was oh, maybe four or five years and then down into Hamilton into the uh, special services team with, at that point, child, youth and family with the police and, and, and that's a relationship that SIFS had with the police around the child abuse team. And then that was another good chunk of time, uh, six years, I think, with them. And then during that time, I started to experiment a little bit with sport because mm. uh, there wasn't anyone working. There was a couple of people at that time. Gary Hermanson was attached to the Olympic system, so he'd been to, I think, three or four Olympics at that point. And a guy called Rod Corbin was with rowing, and then that was pretty much it. Ken Hodge and Dunedin had sort of been part of the academic face of sports psychology. But that was pretty much it. So it was a pioneering space, and no one was really doing that work in provincial footy, and definitely not club footy. So I joined um, forces with Hotapu Cambridge, and carried the water for three years with those guys, and and did sports psychology, team culture, and I guess you know fundamental leadership development with with that space. And it yep. was it was good. It was it was one of those things when opportunity and timing come together. Yeah. So the timing was outstanding, and that was a it was an, it was a quality team, mm. and they almost bagged three championships in a row, 
and then that that started to open some doors really because people were asking questions and interested about why they were doing so well and the Mm. the lads had really enjoyed that space and then that just went on from there and pretty shortly after that I started working with the Chiefs and I was with the Chiefs for 11 campaigns with Fozzie, Dave Rennie and Colin Cooper and then with Gordon Titchens with the Sevens for I'm still with them now so it's up to 12 years Yep. and in the Olympic space I again once you're in rugby in New Zealand you're automatically into a space where people are pretty keen to see what you do mm. and that opened some, uh, some more doors into the Academy of Sport back then before the high performance sports system was evolved and I'm in my third Olympic space now, our third campaign. So London, Rio, and, and Tokyo, and yeah, that's been that's been a buzz. So obviously, Super Rugby is something pretty special because that's our game. Mm. And to, I played rugby the right through growing up as well. So that was you know, working in rugby was like working in our identity. It was working in our ancestry and history. So mm. it just felt like every day working in footy was you know really tapping into some pretty deep roots that exist in New Zealand with with our footy. And then into the Olympic space took another dimension too because it was now we're talking global sport. Like yep. rugby's a global sport, but not like the Olympic Games. Mm-hmm. And so that was a special place to see how people operate at that highest percentage. So I guess over the twenty years in psychology it was it was an opportunity to work with some amazing people from, you know, traditional psychology and forensic space and recidivism and, you know, some pretty high risk offenders in our country was that's the area I was working in, through to, you know, some of our most common Olympic profiles, I guess people in that space that people will know. Mm-hmm. So you get both ends of the continuum and I yep. feel very lucky to have been involved across that I guess that range of humanity to see how it operates. And then also to be involved in teams yes. um, has been powerful as well. So I've been lucky again to be under and connected to some pretty awesome coaches who are world-class people managers and really understand how to put people before performance in order to get the best performance. Mm-hmm. And then that's the, you know, that's that's when the magic really starts to flow when people understand that and they can bring people together to realise that trust and faith and hard work and fun and, and toil all go together in a way which brings out. Um, some pretty magic things with whatever you're trying to achieve so I feel very blessed to have been in the right place at the right time and to have an underlying adventurism to jump into those spaces and 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 have no expectations about how it will play out yep Um, give everything to it and you know as a result you meet like-minded people and then you know regardless of what happens as results and those sorts of things it's a it's a bit of buzz so that would be the background so psychology sport Probably the underlying thread, if I look at the difference from criminal and clinical to sports psychology, would be humanity. Yes. That would be the thread that holds all of that together. Yeah. So I've been very lucky to spend, you know, almost three decades with Utah University into that space looking at that. So. Cool. Yeah. And anyone who knows David knows that he is very generous with his, his time, knowledge and expertise, which has been gained over so many years, like you've just heard. Mm. And... I first met David. I'd heard I'd heard about him. His reputation preceded him, but it was on a leadership course, and he was speaking to us about the development of team culture specifically, and and living in the light as opposed to in the dark, and having the courage to be able to do that, and, and enabling individuals to be able to do that. That stuck with me, and my jaw just dropped. Hmm. I still to this day say that he's the best public speaker I've ever heard speak and I th- I've heard that feedback from a, a number of people and I'm not just saying that because he's sitting in front of me if you do ever get a chance to hear David speak then 
I highly, highly uh, recommend you do so. And, and if there's any business leaders wanting David to come in and, and help them with their team culture, I know he provides that service uh, for businesses, obviously at a price, but it'll be worth every cent that you spend there. The other thing David does is a podcast sharing that knowledge. Mm. Uh, so check out Talking Performance on Facebook. There's a Facebook group, but also you can find that on, on Spotify and I'm sure some other podcast providers as well. And some of that humanity that he was just talking about, he shares some of those insights and knowledge that he's picked up over the years. Now, you also have another thing which I want to talk about today mm. on this episode, and sure. that's Pathway One. Yeah, Talk to us about Pathway One. The... The, the underpinning to the foundation lies actually in the origins of the sports psychology framework. It became really apparent early on in that transfer from criminal and forensic psychology into performance psychology that the thread to people realising their potential lay through courage. Yes. And essentially when I look back at psychology, if I summarise that down into some basic frameworks, which always helped me understand what actually was happening when I'm working with people and supporting people is that, in essence, there seems to be two pathways that sit underneath our choices. And one of those pathways was directly related and originated in pride. And so if we had a pride base, then the framework that flowed off that was really through ambition and enthusiasm and then you know connecting with others and forming a plan and getting underway and then confidence and belief flowed off those. So it, re- it really, seed, it really for me, it seeded in, early on in my career that helping people understand the essence of pride in themselves has been the portal through which their potential flowed was really, really quite powerful in, in all spaces. And then recognising that the other pathway was one of shame. So pride and shame felt like two pretty fundamental frameworks for us to understand human behaviour. And, and when we look at you know, we look at the media and we look around the globe, we can see examples of pride and shame motivating and influencing people all the time. Hugely. And so that was really something I evolved in the space in my practice working with as a clinical psychologist and understanding people's desperation and depression um, because that was originated from the same you know, same frameworks. And then realising that, is, for me, it became just something quietly that, that made sense then to try and create a community that understood the importance of courage as a as a precursor to pride or a trigger to pride mm-hmm. and then from then it, it, the, there was a book uh, I wrote a book called Unleashing Greatness off the back of putting a lot of this stuff together amazing book and the idea for me with that pathway is always about giving more than you get and then this is a natural part of that process and self-reflection it became unacceptable for me that the book would make money that would just come to my family or to me yeah even though that's a nice thought as well mm-hmm. so the 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 underpinning to the book initially was i think it was on the second page or the third page of the intro to the book was an encouragement that people would buy the book but then once they'd finished with it they would find someone then to pass it on and to mentor as a process of that book mm-hmm. and then that the, it became a natural a natural flow on from that that any money made from the book for me felt like it needed to go back into our community and back into our kids because it was for me that obviously you can see if you look at my history it was youth justice and then working with criminal offenders to the older criminal offenders to actually make you know for our families and our communities to be in a better place so then it, for me it became a natural flow that the book was if it was going to be any good then I wanted to set it up early to then generate some money that we could then funnel back into the into our youth mm. and that was the idea is that someone will buy the book if it helped them that was great they would take from the book what they needed and, and, and connected with and then part of the, the challenge of the book was then to find someone 
in their community that was maybe less advantaged as themselves or yep. they saw some connections to from their own journey to their journey mm-hmm. and that they would then go and give, gift them that book and write a little, and there was a section there where they could write a note to that person and then what I wanted from that is that they would then end up mentoring that person. And you can wow. sort of see how the sequence then flows that, well, how can we magnify that impact? Yes. And and again, this is a, is a it's an absolute product of a number of people because the people I spent time with, you, and and you're the same, you're exactly the same, you, you facilitated me that same buzz. I spent a lot of time working with Wayne Smith when he was at the Chiefs and, and the friendship grew out of there that's been massively influential in, in the stuff that we're talking about. Mm. And so Smithy and I would be spending hours together every day trying to figure out how to beat the Crusaders. And then, you know, through that we were we were doing other things together and he's such a generous man. And then when he found out about Pathway One and the idea, he was the first to put his hand up to come onto the board and all work that. It. So he, he was uh, he's a, still is a key trustee for us and then obviously I worked with Laura Langman through the magic with Nolene in twelve and thirteen. Mm-hmm. And then Laws and I have become great mates you know through that process as well and so she's another trustee and she's a, she, obviously she's a registered accountant so yeah. it was perfect for us to do our performance report I think it's called or whatever it is that we have to yep. do every year is the, yep. Yep. so she, she takes care of all of that because I have no idea how that rolls <laughs> and and then Crystal Coa who was a if people have watched the podcast or listened to the podcast she was our second guest uh, an amazing young Māori woman who founded the Athlete Nation mm-hmm. Athlete House Athlete, well, I think we became Athlete Nation but I think it started as Athlete, Athlete yep. House yep and so she was a, another trustee and, and then all of these people were people I'm having frequent coffees with so it, it became a bit of a groundswell about what we could do with money from the book and, and then that was obviously part of generating the foundation and then we had a, um, another, another good mate I met years before who was very successful in the business world and approached him to come on board as a bit of a business mentor for us to try and just get some guidance in that space because none of us had that obviously Wayne and, and Laura and Crystal herself are outstanding people and understand um, people really well in the performance space. Mm. So we were just aware that we didn't know what we didn't know. Mm. And so it was important for us to get someone that was really successful in that space to help guide us. So mm. there's so much I want to unpack here. There's, there's getting that... Firstly, there's an experience of you didn't know what you didn't know. Yeah, totally. And, and, and we need a bit of business mm. um, guidance mm. for those who are wanting to start their own charity or who are currently starting their own charity, I'd like to unpack a little bit more about what Pathway 1 actually does Mm. and and some of your visions Mm. for Pathway 1 and and how we're going to get there. Mm. And I'd also love to talk a little bit more about team culture Mm. and and developing that and Mm. some of the tools that Mm. that we do there, some of the pride times identity Mm. was Katsimono that Mm. Mm. anyone who's Mm. listened to have have had the pleasure of learning. But we're going to do that all next episode or, or in the next following episode. So we're okay. lucky enough to have uh, David here. So keep listening to or, or tune in tomorrow or, or whenever for the for the next episode. And you'll, you'll have the privilege of tapping into that amazing mind that is Mr. Galbraith. Okay, let's wrap it up there for today. But if you have any questions, comments or feedback about the show or if you have any topics you want us to discuss on future shows, be sure to send an email to info at thewaterboy.co.nz subject line NZ Charity. If you wish to contact The Good Collective to support your charity or to sign on your business to be a service provider for charities, you can email info at thegoodcollective.org.nz. If you're listening to this show via a podcast platform, please be sure to rate, review and subscribe to the show and share with your friends so that we can help more Kiwis to better support the organisations they're so passionate about. 
thank you to our guest David Galbraith uh, for being on the show today and looking forward to having you back again tomorrow and, yeah, awesome. and the next days yeah. if people were to want to contact you to get a copy of the Pathway 1 book or sorry the, the Habit of Greatness book yeah. is that what it's called? Um, yeah it's very close Unleashing, Unleashing Greatness, greatness. Yep. that's right uh, they can go to the, my website which is habitofgreatness.co.nz there you go I knew I was, I knew I was a hog man there somewhere and then thank you also to Free FM for their support of the show to Penny Boyce and to my Armistead for editing and credit Shapeshifter for the tunes Thank you for listening to the New Zealand Charity Podcast. I'm your host, Thomas Nabs, and we'll be back again tomorrow with more tips, tricks, hacks, and learnings to help you accelerate your impact and create an even stronger New Zealand. For more episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.